You're now listening to Real Estate Journeys with Matthew Baltzell. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Matty B, a.k.a. Matthew Baltzell. Welcome back to Real Estate Journeys, the exclusive podcast for real estate investors looking to scale to 100 units and become location independent. And today is Wake Up Wednesdays with the Boardwalk Boys. And we got Omar Khan in Dallas, Texas. Omar, what's cracking, my friend? Hey, what's going on, Matty B? Very, very, very happy to be here once again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're recording this on a, a lovely Saturday. So, Wake Up Wednesdays, we're answering the top questions. We hear it kicking around the can, and we want, we're trying to address those and answer them for you. So, the question that we've come across today, Omar, is the top reason syndications fail. Omar, I'll pass the ball off to you. Why do the top syndications, why, why, do, why do syndications fail? Well, there's a couple of reasons. I guess top is kind of a misnomer. There's a few reasons. The biggest, the biggest one I feel currently these days, especially because the market is really hard and everybody wants to get into the game, right, is, is a combination of not having enough experience, right? So you really don't know what you're getting into. Because look, every broker on the planet, every owner, by the way, every current owner who's selling their property is going to tell you, you can take this to the next level. There is XYZ value add left. Rents are below market. The sales below sales comps. Obviously, I mean, and you think about it, what else is somebody going to tell you when they're trying to sell you a property, right? They're not going to tell you the rents are at the top of the market. There is no meat on the bone left and we're going to sell it to you for at really the top of the market, right? So a lot of folks don't really understand all of those things or really the interplay of those two things, right? And they get in, they get in way above their head because they're just so eager to get into the game. So that's an obvious one, right? And we see that a lot where basically people say they're cash flowing and you're like, yeah, but you didn't include half the expenses. So if you don't include half the expenses, yeah, hell, everything is going to cash flow, right? But reality doesn't work like that, right? Reality has you get all your expenses and you got to pay off them. Or people stop working, right? Number one. Number two, what I also feel is that a lot of people also go in, and especially this applies to newbies specifically, but a lot of intermediate folks as well, that even if they know what they're getting into, they don't raise enough liquidity in excess of the amount of just they need to close, right? So what basically happens is they're basically cash constrained. They're so cash then, what? They're cash constrained, right? They just don't have enough money because typically with these value add deals, what happens is that the first few months, or at least the first year, 15 months, it's going to be hard. Because that's, well, that's kind of the whole reason why you bought the property, right? Because it's underperforming. Hopefully that's why you bought the property, right? So as you're going through that phase, because look, even if you do all the interiors as an example, right? If your exteriors aren't done properly, you're never gonna get that big rent bump that you want. Because think about it, if somebody's coming into your property and look, the apartments might be fantastic. They might be world-class level, right? But when they're entering into your property, it looks like somebody died, mm. right? Or somebody got murdered. Well, they're not even going to make it all the way to your apartment. And even if they do want to stay there for some weird reason, they'll find a lot of ways to not pay you enough money. So because you don't, you don't have enough liquidity, you got you to gotta pick and choose. And that's why you never hit the numbers that you want. The other big thing a lot of times I feel is that Look, at the end of the day, people put the wrong type of debt product for basically the wrong type of asset. So look, if you're buying a stabilized asset, a lot of times 
I personally feel it's kind of stupid to put like say bridge financing on it, right? Because if most of the work is done, but if you're buying a value add deal as an example, and a, a significant value add deal, right? We're not just talking like tightening around the corners. Then going a lot of times with the fixed rate agency debt is just completely asinine because you don't get the maximum proceeds, number one. You're not put in a position where you can effectively just roll out all your interior and exterior CapEx programs. And then what happens is when you're trying to sell in years two and three and four, because look guys, everybody saves they were underwrite to five years, 99.9% of the people will cash out or try to cash out in two to three years time. So when you do try to go cash out in two to three years time, people don't account for the fact that they have such a big prepayment penalty, which I look, God bless you if somebody's going to you know, assume your loan, in which case you're fine. But if somebody doesn't, then you're left having to pay a big prepayment penalty. And let me tell you this, guys, the prepayment penalty, no sponsor takes it on their own books because it's coming out of the investor's money. So that's another way where, for instance, deals don't hit their targets because people don't account for all the stuff properly. Mm. So you'd say the top three things are experience, liquidity, and, the, and debt? And debt, basically matching the right type of debt to the right type of asset that you're buying. Okay. And where would somebody find out about the prepayment penalty? Is that, is that uh, in the PPM or what is that? No, where, that is that quite literally when somebody is taking a loan, it's saved in the loan documents. So yeah. if a sponsor, for instance, let's assume you are taking a loan, right? Uh -huh. It will literally clearly spell it out how they calculate all of those things in the loan agreement. Mm -hmm. So there's no confusion going forward. So what I'm asking is, uh, what I'm, let me rephrase. So if I'm a passive investor, how would I know about the prepayment penalty? And if there is a prepayment penalty, would it be coming out of my end or would it be coming out? Would I, would no, I have hey, no, hold on, hold on. As a passive investor, it will always be coming from your money because where else is this going to come from? Right? Because okay. think about it. No sponsor is going to be like, ah, you say, no, I'm having a good day. I'm going to take a $2 million hit. Nobody's going to do that, man. Come on. No matter what some sponsor tells you, nobody's going to do that. Okay, let's be honest. Okay. Okay, that's just reality. Look, now how you, what you can do is you can presumably ask the sponsor and they should be able to give you a good response or at least the terms of those things, like mm -hmm. the terms of how they're calculated. Yeah, that's that. Okay. And then as far as experience, when you're saying experience, I know this is a bit nebulous and I know people are always trying to partner up with people. And yeah. what would you recommend as far as experience is like, uh, would you say like there's a culmination of, you know, we'll say five members have over 50 years experience or... What would you be? Oh, no. Well, yes and no in the sense because you could have five years having 50 years of five people having 50 years of experience and all each of those 50 years are dumb experience. So you don't want that also, right? Because two That's years of good experience. experience, dumb experiences that let's assume you're a back off, you're, you work in the back office of some accounting firm or mm -hmm. you're an accounts receivable clerk or you've never handled a P&L, you've never managed a P&L top to bottom, right? Just because, look, as an example, just because you're CPA doesn't mean you know how to manage a business's P&L, as an example. And just because you're a finance guy doesn't necessarily mean you know all the accounting ins, ins and outs, right? So you need to have a combination of both of these experiences. And then on top of that, even if you've got accounting and finance experience, doesn't necessarily mean that you have a good business mind. Right. So it takes a certain kind of talent stack. And a lot of times what I feel people think is, oh, I've worked in finance in our accounting for 10 years. I was like, yeah, but your job was a really shitty job. You were never in a decision making role. Right. So you never had the pressure of actually understanding how to, how do various dynamics play out. So, so in this particular 
case, what I'm saying is you need somebody who can run the PNL top to bottom, who's been in a decision-making role and, and a serious decision-making role, not like I manage the budget of my house. Yeah. Okay. And basically who has a very good grasp of a combination of three things at the bare minimum, accounting, finance, and property management. Accounting, finance, and property management. Okay. And decision-making. Well, decision-making is, is a no-brainer because if you've never been in a decision-making role, then you should not start out doing this stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think that's very important for people because, you know, when you go to somebody's About Me page and you see this, this, that, and it's all, you know, just... Yeah, it's like 50 things you're like... Very corporate like, jargon yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, okay, like they got seven people on their team. How could they be bad, right? So that's good to kind of weed through all that. So... Yeah. All right. So to recap this, the top three reasons why syndications fail are experience, liquidity, and the debt not having it lined up properly. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Real Estate Journeys. Your support is greatly appreciated. Now, I'm going to need you to take it one step further. If you found this content enjoyable, valuable, or entertaining, please head on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a comment with a five-star review. Peace.